We'll now have our Bible readings. The first reading can be followed on page 597 of the Old Testament section of the Pew Bibles. I'm reading from Psalm 119, verses 97 to 104. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all day long. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is always with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your decrees are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way, in order to keep your word. I do not turn away from your ordinances, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. The Gospel reading can be followed on page 86 of the New Testament section of the Pew Bibles. I'm reading from Luke chapter 8, verses 1 to 8, the parable of the widow and the unjust judge. (coughs) Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice, so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May we pray. Lord God, we pray this morning that as I come to speak, that my words will be your words, that our hearts and minds will be open to hear what you have to say to each one of us here this morning. Amen. Amen. Lovely to be back with you uh, and be able to share with you uh, in this, uh, this Bible passage this morning. Um, when I first heard the, uh, the, the gospel reading uh, from this morning, um, a particular thought came to mind, a particular scenario that I'm sure many of you who have children um, will have experienced at some point in your life. Um, it goes a bit like this. Mum, Mum, can I have this toy, please? No, darling, you've got lots of toys. You really, you really don't need it. But Mum, Mummy, I really want it. Can I have it? 
And darling, you, you've got so many. You, I've already said no. You really don't need it. But mum, I want it. Okay, fine, darling. We can get you this one. Or, or maybe for some others of you, this one sounds a bit more familiar. Darling, please can you go tidy your room? <sighs> please, please can you go tidy your room, darling? <sighs> darling, please can you go and tidy your room? <sighs> Fine, stop nagging me! Um, both of these stories, um, the thing ends up either being bought or getting done um, to basically get the other person to go away and leave you alone. Um, and to give you a little bit of peace and quiet. Um, and that's the thought that came into my mind uh, the first time I heard this Bible reading. The judge um, gave the woman what she wanted for no reason other than to get rid of her, um, so they could go back to maybe having his nice afternoon cup of tea undisturbed. Um, I think this parable is there to teach us uh, how not to uh, be in a relationship with God. So you get your how-to books, this is the how-not-to book. Um, I think the main reason for this is that God is absolutely nothing like the judge. God cares about what happens to each and every one of us, and he loves us. Whereas the judge in our Bible reading did not fear God and did not love people. God is not somebody that will succumb to our nagging. Certainly he will listen to us, and he truly loves to hear all of our voices. He loves us talking to him, uh, praising him, and to be honest, even moaning at him sometimes. I'm pretty sure he still enjoys that. But... You can't make him change his mind to something that's not part of his plan. He loves us all and will give us all good things that we need. So God truly is much greater than the judge we hear in this story. Now, nearing the end of this passage, we get this particular verse. I think from verse 7. And and will not God give justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Now, I think this passage might cause a few problems for some of us and might honestly be an area in many of our lives where we're led to doubt God. Because many of us may say, well, that's all good to have said that, but I've been wronged in my life and I've taken it to God and asked him for justice. But I've not yet seen any. There's nothing speedy about God's justice from where I'm sitting I asked him ages ago, and I've I've seen nothing at all. And for some of us, that can be very disheartening. Now, I think this is down to a matter of our perception and and where we're looking at the situation from. It can be a lot easier to understand things if you can understand somebody else's perspective. We are not God, thank goodness. Um, And we don't fully understand God's uh, concept of time and speediness. For us, it might be something very different. And God's idea of justice might be different from our own. Um, A little story to help us try and get our heads around this a little bit. Um, A little over a week ago, um, myself and some of the others were away at Soul Survival with the young people who were sitting at the back over there. Um, And in the morning, um, we would send a small group of them off with one of us um, to go and save space in the main venue, uh, which was an essential thing to do if you wanted to be able to have space to stretch your legs out, as there were over 5,000 of us uh, there. And whilst they were off to go do that, the rest of us would finish up on the washing up. Now, the main session started at about 11 o'clock, so not not too early in the morning, really, Uh, although it definitely feels it when you're camping. So at about 20 past 10, um, one of us might uh, ask them to go and quickly get their stuff um, and move out to go and save us some space. 
Now, when I say that, my, my imagining of how that happens is they get up from the main tent we're in, they go to their tent, they go into their tent, they get their bag that's already packed, they put it on, they leave their tent, and they go. Space of a minute or two, done. And I have to be honest, I was quite impressed. Some of them did manage that on several occasions. But on other occasions, this is not quite what happened. On other occasions, we would uh, ask them to go and get their stuff quickly. Um, and uh, maybe after five minutes of uh, still sitting in their chair, contemplating their breakfast, um, they would start to slowly move to their tent. Um, maybe some of them would still need to go and find all of their belongings that they hadn't got together yet. Others might go and do their teeth, do some makeup, uh, maybe do their hair, or maybe even decide to change their clothes because they've now decided after breakfast what they were wearing uh, is not what they want to wear for the main meeting. So maybe 10 to 15 minutes later, we would actually set off. Now, I know for some of you that are parents, 10 to 15 minutes for your uh, young person or child to get ready actually seems like quite a successful morning. Um, but their, their perception of quickly might well have been different to what my perception of quickly in the morning was. And I think we can so often have that with God. We expect it right now. We, we live in very much in a society of right now. If you want uh, a brand new guitar, you can order it on Amazon. And I know it's Jersey, so it might not be here the next day, but it'll be here within a couple of days. Um, if you're in England, you can get it within the hour, probably. We live in a culture of very much right now. And maybe God doesn't work exactly how we think he should in quickly being right now. Also, for justice, we might think that if we ask God to do something, he should do it a certain way. But again, God doesn't work like that. So we need to learn how to accept God's justice and God's timing in our lives, especially when they don't meet what our own expectations uh, say that they should be. How do we go about doing that? Well, I think it's all about our relationship with God. It's about spending time with God and getting to know him. Um, if you think of your uh, husband or your wife or your family members um, or friends you have from school or from work, you've got to know them by spending time with them. You've got to know all of their uh, little uniquenesses uh, and how they function. Um, and you get to know what you need to say to stay out of trouble, particularly if you're a husband. And you get to learn how they respond to all of these different things. The same as with God. The more you get to know God, the more you know how God responds, the more you know how to listen to what God has to say. We can learn that actually we don't need to nag God, but that he loves to hear us talk to him, whether it's to tell him about our day, whether it's to say it's been miserable, whether it's to say thank you, that it's been amazing. And we need to learn to trust him and trust his judgment and his timing, even in times where, yes, it's good, and also in times where it may look pretty bleak. For a biblical example, I'd like to turn to my favourite book of the Bible, um, the book of Habakkuk. This is one of the uh, Old Testament prophets. Um, and here we have a book of the Bible that is this prophet talking to God and listening to God's responses. Now, Habakkuk understands the difficulties and the complexities of life in this world. And as such, he has some questions for God, many of which I think many of us might well want to ask today, such as, how long must I wait, Lord? Why don't you do something to stop these wicked people, Lord? And, Lord, why would you do that? I think these are all very fair questions to be asking, really. So, from where Habakkuk is standing, 
His world looks pretty bad. He's living in a world where there are many trials and battles and his people are at war, many being killed. And he can only see this picture of the world from where he stands. So you can see why he might truly be questioning God and thinking, what are you doing? So Habakkuk asks God and God responds to him. God tells him what his grand plan um, for the kingdom is. And for Habakkuk, honestly, the answer is not really what he would want. For Habakkuk, the answer is not really good news. To sum it up in the most basic terms, God tells Habakkuk it's going to get a whole lot worse before it gets better. But the good news there is it is going to get better. Now Habakkuk, if, if, if you were anyone who didn't have a good relationship with God, you might think, well, that's it. You're going to give me lots of rubbish before you give me something good. I'm done. But Habakkuk has built up a relationship with God, and he knows God. And he makes the decision that despite this bad news, despite this poor outlook for his uh, immediate future, he tells God that he is still going to follow through. He's still going to be a faithful servant. And beyond that, he's going to have joy in serving God. Joy even in the hard times. I think that's a real challenge for all of us. It's really easy to have joy when you get good news. But to have joy and celebrate God when you get really bad news, that's a whole other level. I think Habakkuk sums it up really well in the final uh, few verses of his, of, his, of his book, where he says, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stools. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's, and he makes me tread on the high places. In the simplest of terms, Habakkuk decides that even in the hardest of situations, when all looks lost, he's going to have that joy, and he's going to celebrate God for the salvation that he has given. And this was even in the Old Testament before the coming of Jesus. How much more joy can we have knowing the assurance we have through what Jesus has done for each of us in our lives. It's truly incredible. Now, having that good relationship with God, where we can learn to accept these things, and learn to accept God's justice, might not be where we all are with God. It might be where we want to be, but it's not where we're truly at. Maybe we can't say for ourselves that we go straight to God. Maybe for us, God is is the last resort, I can think back to when I was at school uh, for my exams. There are many of my classmates who don't believe in God. But uh, during the exam, when the mind goes blank, they're there praying. It's the, the last resort they go to, rather than the very, very first place. Do we make God the first place we go to in our lives? I think it's really important that we take time to step back and look at our relationship with God and ask ourselves, am I putting on a front for other people So they think my relationship with God is going well. Where is my relationship with God, really? Am I struggling? Am I persevering? Am I doing all of the things that I should be doing? I can think for, um, we should all be praying continually, is what the Bible tells us. Um, Whether it's doing your daily Bible readings. I, at multiple times in my life, have attempted to do a daily Bible reading. Um, And it has gone past the morning when I plan to do it. And I might get to the late evening and go, ooh, yeah, I still need to do that. And other times I forget completely. I'm currently on two days straight of my uh, next attempt at uh, doing one every day. Um, So it's going well so far. 
Um, so I've got to try and persevere to try and get it done. To try and build that relationship with God to get my relationship to a point where I really want it. Because if I step back and look at my relationship with God and I'm honest with myself, I'm not happy with where it is. I feel that I have become a bit stagnant in my relationship with God. Um, and that's why, as Ian announced a few months ago, a month and a bit ago, um, at the end of September, I'll be leaving my role here um, to go to New Zealand to join up with Youth with a Mission, um, to go and do a discipleship training school with them, uh, to effectively give myself a kick up the backside, um, to rediscover the joy in all situations, to rediscover um, the wonder of God. Now, we don't all have to uh, leave our jobs uh, and move to another part of the world uh, to do this. We here are a family, a family of God. And I would hope that we could turn to one another, to be honest with one another about how we are doing with God, to not have to do the very British thing of, oh, I'm fine, and to truly talk with one another about how it's going. If we can draw alongside one another, uh, to encourage one another, to keep us accountable to whether it's doing our daily Bible reading, have you spoken to God today, have you learned something, to ask each other questions about things we don't understand in the Bible. Even myself, Ian, Helen, all of those that stand up at the front. We don't know what all the things in the Bible mean and talk about. For this, I've spent weeks looking over it and thinking about it. And we can talk to one another and get different perspectives from one another as we learn uh, who God is and how we can have such a good relationship with him in our lives. So to sum up, God is so much greater than that unjust judge. He truly loves each and every one of us and truly wants to have a relationship with each and every one of us, which I think is amazing. He loves it when we speak to him, whether even when it's to say, oh, I've had a really bad day, or when it's to sing with joy uh, and a bit of gusto uh, to praise his name. And if we're truly to understand him and truly to give our lives to be servants of God, as we have the great privilege of doing from the Great Commission to go out and tell the world the good news about Jesus. If we're truly to do that, to build a good relationship, to spend time with God, and to encourage one another as brothers and sisters in Christ to learn more and to grow in our relationship with God each and every day. So let me pray. Lord God, as we go from this place this morning, I pray that we might be truly honest with ourselves and with one another. That we will look back at where our relationship with you is. And if we can't say it's where it should be, that we will be brave and speak to one another and encourage one another and keep each other accountable to getting it to a place where we want it to be, so that you may truly use us in this world to shine a light for your kingdom. Amen.